certainly serve an awesome God today. We're going to pray over the word. Brother Joel Brown had given this request. And Rosanna Bennett from Georgia battling cancer, undergoing chemotherapy, having a very difficult morning. She's 13 years old. We want to pray for her today. So what if that was your 13-year-old daughter or granddaughter? Or, amen. We certainly want to remember her today. Also, Brother Louis, did you, did you request Brother Jerry Glenn? Yes, sir. Okay. I want to remember Brother Jerry today. He's certainly having some issues there in his heart. Just pray that God will be with him today. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Fathers, we approach you today, Lord Jesus, with thanksgiving in our hearts. We're grateful. was able to have church today, Lord. Thank you. The snow went north of us, and we so appreciate being able to come to the house of God. To us, Lord, church is not just a ritual on Sunday morning. We base our week around it. We base our week around going to church, and we just so thank you that we can be able to assemble ourselves together and be able to come with an excited passion, Lord. How we thank you that this is not religion to us. It is truth. It is reality. It is salvation. We ask today, Lord, that you be mindful of this little girl, Lord. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, may you be merciful to her father. You see, Lord, her body been stricken with this devil of cancer, trying to take chemo. Now, God, may you move forward, we ask. Other needs, Lord, with the Jerry Glenn having to move him from the VA to the med center and do a heart cath on him today, I pray that you would help him, Lord, be with our brother. As we approach the word, we ask you, Father, that you just speak to us. We're a needy people, Lord. We know that it takes more than just reading the Bible. It takes more than just reading the message alone. It takes the inspiration of the Spirit of God to quicken that word to our hearts to make us live. May you help us today that we can live in your presence, Father. Those that are needy today, troubled, whatever they're going through, may you help them, Lord, we ask. In the name of the Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Are you happy to be in church today? Aren't you glad we could have church? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Before we read, I want to um, express my thanks and appreciation from Carol and I for the cards and gift cards and candy and things like that that we got during the holidays. I guess you can tell I've gained a little bit of weight from it. No, I'm not teasing. We appreciate it. Well, I'm thanking you also. I wanted to thank you for uh, 19 groups in Africa that you have helped in the last mm, six weeks or something like that, maybe, Brother Jim, that have been going through a real serious famine. They wanted me to thank you. While I'm thanking you, I'll thank you for, from the same country in Africa, 44 congregations who have a place today to be able to worship God, a building. And I won't thank you no more because I want Jesus to thank you for the rest of it. But let me tell you ahead of time, when you get there that day and you walk up and you see and you think, and these people come to you and say, thank you for doing this. You think, really? I didn't know I did anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you didn't just help build a church. You built it. These 44 groups I'm talking about, we didn't help build them. We built them. Praise the Lord. 
Now, the truth of it is, you'll never meet most of these people. A lot of them I'll never meet. A lot of them I do know. But we're the type of people that we don't have to necessarily know them. They're not even our race. They're not even our color. They're not even our culture. They're not even from the same nationality, earthly nationality. But they are our family. They are our family. I'd say that's quite something for the most racist church in America. When you, you know, the devil just holds his sides and laughs when he hears people say that stuff. Because he knows what a big lie it is. But he's the one who fathered it. He loves fathering lies and telling lies and then laughing at the people who tell the lies that he fathered. Oh, my. Want to be something when we all gather together. From all over the earth, this bride will gather. I've heard it said by some of the message preachers that the last seed in this day will be the most expensive and the most difficult as far as being able to reach around the world. Missionary trips that you sponsor and other churches sponsor of people maybe go back in the middle of nowhere and maybe one soul. It's all it'll take. It'll be the very last name right on the very last page of the very bottom of the page of the book of life. And it'll be checked off. And we get to leave this world. It'll be worse than one. I don't want to go talking like that. I get all sentimental. <clears throat> Psalms 48. Psalms 48, verse 1. Praise be to God. A song and a psalm for the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. In the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. Actually, the Hebrew word there is actually not situation, but elevation. Beautiful for elevation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. For those of you that wasn't with us last night, we were looking at some of the messianic psalms that pertain to the millennial reign, Psalm 45, Psalm 46, 47. Today we'd like to look at 48, possibly 67, 72, 110 if we get that far. 
Psalm 48 is a glimpse of the beauty of the city of Zion. The seat of the millennial kingdom. We know that there are parallels between the seventh day, the millennium, and the eighth day, eternity. Isaiah 65 merges into 66, and sometimes it's a little bit hard to differentiate between the two. So is it with the city as far as Mount Zion itself? The location will be the same. Well, sort of the same. Before the earth is born again, she will have an atomic blast that will level out parts of the earth, elevate other parts of the earth. The surface of the earth will begin to change and certain waters and streams diverted. Mountains will be elevated. Others will be brought down low, as Isaiah said. Yet it will not be the perfect world. There will still be things on the earth that will need to be changed. But yet God is going to do a wonderful thing, a tremendous thing, before we go into this great place. The city will be great not because Jerusalem is to be compared to many other cities in the sense of size and layout and so on. But the layout God has for it now must be changed. It's sort of like us as the people of God that we look at where we are and who we are, our flaws, our mistakes, our shortcomings, and we think, how in the world could I ever amount to anything in the kingdom of God? Yet God sees us as we will be in our finished product. I'm so glad of that. Every one of us sitting here today and every child of God around the world, there's absolutely not a one that's perfect. There is no perfect human makeup. Every one of us are flawed. You must well say amen. Every one of us are flawed. Every prophet that ever lived on the earth was flawed. Every preacher, every saint of God, every one of us are flawed. We can say amen to that and say it's the truth, right? But yet we know the great thing about it is that God can use flawed human beings and be able to change them into something that is so beautiful. Now we know there's a parallel in the Psalm 48 in that it also typifies the bride. But there's certainly things about this psalm that lets us know that it is designated as a psalm which will take place on the earth. Notice this again, verse 1, a song and a psalm for the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. I'm sure that you're noticing a common thread uh, through these scriptures in Zechariah, Haggai, Micah. 4 2, these different places, Isaiah 11 2 to 4, also Isaiah 11 uh, verses 11, these different places that we're reading, how that there is a mountain of the Lord. It will be the elevated place by which Jerusalem will be set upon, and from there our king will rule and reign. And it will be a sanctuary. It will be a sanctuary, a church, if you will, a temple, and it will be merged together in the city and from the sanctuary, which is the first time it has ever happened in any dominion on the earth, that the rule will be from a temple instead of from a palace or a secular type of place. And it will be the king shepherd himself. 
His offices will be merged together. Melchizedek and King Jesus. So it will be King God, King Jesus, King Theophany. It will be after the order of Melchizedek. It was the only time in Jewish history that it would be allowed and vindicated by God that it would be a king-shepherd merged together. But this is what we need in the time of the millennium. Now notice in verse 2, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Now this could never have been said. It can't even be said today. Because Jerusalem is by far not the way anybody would look at it, the joy of the whole earth. It is one of the most troublesome spots that there is on the earth. The Arabs saying it belongs to them. The Palestinians saying it belongs to them. Israel saying it belongs to them. You know, all the different United Nations feel like all of them have a right to say who does this and what goes on so it is not the joy of the whole earth a lot of people wish it wasn't even there probably just like the church they wish the church wasn't here but guess what we're here until he's done with us so the Israel could certainly say it would be the joy of the whole earth. They're greeting or they're when they part ways and they will say one to another, next year Jerusalem. So this is what they say one to the other. Because they're looking for the Messiah to come. And they're longing for it and for the temple to be rebuilt and so on. But yet this could not be filled in the days of David. It could not be fulfilled in the days of Solomon or any kings thereafter that it would be able to be said that it was the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Now this is not David, it is not Solomon, it is not any of those that would follow thereafter. But there's only one great king. That's right. Now, in the millennium, there will be, no doubt, millions of people living on the earth in human bodies. They will not be glorified bodies, but in human bodies. And they will be, be subjugated to the command of the king. And many of them will not be born again, as we say born again. Many of them in the millennium will make their choice to serve God. Now, remember when the millennium first starts out. Uh, these people will be resurrected. There will be a resurrection on this end of the millennium. There's a resurrection on this end of the millennium. It's like bookends that books the volume together. So it is open with a resurrection, closed with a resurrection. All the dead will stand before the white throne. But in the middle, while we're there in the millennium, there will be people that are identified in the scriptures over and over again as being called heathen. Now think of it, they will be raised as they were when they went down. So we'll say the American Indians or some of the Indians in Peru or some of the nationalities in different places around the world that never heard the truth. They never knew anything about the truth. So they worshipped the totem pole or they worshipped all types of idols and this and that and the other. And God is not going to send them to hell without giving them a way to make their choice. So Psalms it says, ask me for, the, for thine inheritance, the heathen, and I will give thee the heathen to be thine inheritance. So this is the inheritance of the Lord Jesus, is that he'll be granted the heathen. So they will be raised still in that heathen mentality. Now think, they're going to be raised up as they went into the ground. So they will raise up, and as they are raised up, they're not automatically raised with the knowledge of who he is. And maybe 
even trying to figure out where they are because they died without knowing the truth. So they don't know nothing about no millennium. They don't know nothing about the Lord Jesus. They don't know nothing about you. Can you imagine what a peculiar feeling it would be if Geronimo or whoever more some of these guys just raise up and all of a sudden they're called up out of the dust of the earth and they're standing there with the Apache and with the Cherokees and with this and that and the other and they're thinking, where in the world am I? What in the world is going on? And here they are, they're raised up. They went down heathens and they're raised up and they don't know. So, you know, they've got together around the king and the king says, I'd like to introduce myself to you. I am King Jesus. This is my wife. Where are we? You have been raised in my millennium. You will be given the opportunity to choose to serve me if you wish. Lord have mercy. Praise be to God. Can you imagine then the heathens that have lived down through the age and they are raised and they are identified as heathen in their moment of resurrection. And then the Lord will start setting the allocation of those that's going to teach about Him. Now the Jews, of course, will have a great portion in this, going out proclaiming the name of the Lord. Because remember, they will grab a hold of a skirt of a Jew, the heathen will, and they'll say, We have heard that God is with you. We want to go up to church with you. Can you help us to understand? So in our minds, we say, Oh my, whenever it starts the day of the millennium, it'll all just be bam, it'll just be there. No. It won't actually be that way. It will be, they will be raised up and then the, the millennium teaching and the millennium training and the millennium opportunity will be offered to those who have absolutely known nothing. The resurrection does not change you, friends. The resurrection only brings you back and you stand before God. The lost, whenever they die and whenever they are raised and stand before Him in the white throne judgment, they are raised and they will be judged in the exact same body they send in. So they will be called up, all their drinking, all their running around, their lying, whatever more that they did, but their own body testifies their outcome. Don't you understand why you ought to be shouting about right now? Because when the rapture takes place, your new body tells who you are. Amen. It means you are not going through the white throne judgment. You couldn't do it in a glorified body. So your body testifies who you are. So they will raise up in the millennium and they will not raise in a glorified body because they are now actually back under the same state as Adam was in the Garden of Eden. And that was the state by which he would have the right to be able to choose. Adam did not choose whether he wanted to be a son or not. He chose whether or not he wanted to obey Father's word. But in the millennium, these people will have the opportunity whether or not they want to follow under the messianic reign and rule of the Lord Jesus or will they at the end of the millennium follow the devil it's beyond my mind how that anybody in their right mind could choose to follow the devil much less follow the devil after you've seen millions of people in glorified bodies under the reign of the Lord Jesus but it shows you some people wouldn't serve God I don't care what God does there ain't no devil here to hinder them. You imagine there's no demons in the millennium. 
every demon will be bound in hell. The devil will be bound in hell. Even those that are not saved will ever get up. There won't be no depression. There won't be no oppression. There will be no, no molestation, no rape, no sin, no nothing like that. As far as what we know, it could not be under the reign of our Lord. And yet people will live upon this earth with all of that gone. Their excuse, well, the devil made me do it. That excuse sure won't stand up because there wasn't no devil here. But it shows you the power of human nature that is unregenerate. That when the millennium is over, there will be people on the earth. And when the devil is raised out of his prison for a little season, he will go about to deceive them and gather them together. Them same people that was made to come up and worship. Some of them will rally right against you and the Lord Jesus. And they'll come up again against the breath of the camp of the saints. And they will fight and holy fire will come down out of heaven. And God will annihilate them. But yet in the reign of the millennium, this is something that I've noticed in the last few weeks as I've been studying this that I've found this common thread which has become so overwhelming to me. It is how much that these scriptures in the millennium talk about rejoicing and singing and exaltation and praising and glorifying. I'm just thinking, my, at the millennium, you talking about a Pentecostal time. <laughs> you talking about a time that it's going to be in the millennium. Over and over and over, the scriptures talk about joy. We looked at it last night. Joy and singing and praising and worshiping. Can you imagine what it's going to be? Church 24-7. Can you imagine what it's going to be? Every day is church for the saints of God. Every day is worshiping and praising and adoration and exaltation of our King. You'll have nothing to worry you. You'll have nothing to trouble you. You'll have nothing to bring you down. Nothing that will ever weigh you down. Every day will be the same. Praise God. Notice David goes on to say God is known in her palaces. For a refuge. For lo, the kings, plural, were assembled together. They passed by together. Where are they passing? They're passing by the time of coronation before the king. And they're being sent out into the districts and the things by which they will come in and answer to the king himself. But there will be kings and princes and vice regents and so on out from under the king. And constantly they will be sending reports back of what we would identify today as revival. There will be people that will be be changing over day by day, week by week, month by month. And they was raised a heathen, but they didn't say a heathen, but about a week. And after they found out what was going on, they said, praise God. I want to give my heart to Adonai. I am no longer a Persian heathen. I am no longer an Egyptian idol worshiper. I am no longer. I died 3,800 years ago and I was an idolater but I raised up you imagine waking up in the millennium praise God you wake up in the millennium and you step out on the earth and you're thinking Lord have mercy is this a dream and all of a sudden there's millions and they just And they're saying, where are 
maybe you and you and you and you woke up and say, Hello? I'm sent from the presence of God to let you know you have been raised in the millennium reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who? The Lord? The Lord? I've never even heard that name. That's why you're here. Had you heard it and rejected it, you wouldn't be here. We have been sent to teach you the ways of our Lord. What you are about to experience is unlike anything that you've ever known in the lands of Persia. Or in the land of Egypt. Or in the land of America. Or Europe. You have been called and been allowed to live in a time frame when peace shall cover the earth as the water does the sea. You have been allowed to be raised in this very epitome. Actually, just to let you know, it is a honeymoon between the bridegroom and the bride. And you are given a personal privilege to be able to enjoy this time of a honeymoon. Oh, praise God. And they begin to go around and think, think of it. Think of it. I died calling on the name of Osiris. The God of Egypt. I died calling on the name of Chemosh. 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 I died with that in my lips. Because I didn't know no better. And I'm raised up now and the first name I hear is Jesus. Praise God. Look, friends, it's going to take a little while. Okay? It's going to take a little while for the government, for the society, for the conversion, for all of this to start taking place. Believe it or not, we need a thousand years. Day one, I mean, it's not going to just be all over the earth, everything. No, we're going to be going. How you wonder what and where we're going to be doing? We've got a lot to do. Oh, praise be to God. So you imagine then these kings as they raise and they walk up before him and they see him standing there. Is that him? That's him. And he sees the, who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's Jehovah Adonai. Jehovah. Never heard that name. Adonai? What does that mean? That's Lord. And Jehovah's. What is that? That's YHVU. Jehovah. Yahweh. Oh, we, we, it's so holy we couldn't pronounce it, but now we can say it. He's Jehovah Adonai, the Lord God. He's the one who made everything. Oh, you, it, it wasn't my moon God that I was talking. No. It wasn't the sun God. No. By Him were all things created. He made all things. And the kings passed before Him. And this illumination comes from his being and his wife by millions strong standing around him. Think, think of it, brother. They look over at their Egyptian counterpart. They look over at their Lebanese counterpart and said, think of it. What a privilege. Who would ever thought this would happen to us? And the Apaches and the Cherokee, you know, whatever more they are, they come up from all over the world. The heathens, the tribes, the nations. And they say, we worship one God. 
We believe there was one great spirit. But we never knew what his name was when he said, I'm glad to meet you. This is my name. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Praise be to Help me, Lord, not to get so tore up, please. For all the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They saw it. And so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them. Could you imagine as they stand there? They're mortals. They're not redeemed yet. Thinking, where am I? What has happened? And they look across the earth and they see greens like they've never seen. Carol's sister Sharon, a few years ago, when she was taking some of her chemo, she actually coded and passed, I believe. She was carried into a land. She told Carol about it, myself. Flowers. The yellows was the most beautiful yellow she said she'd ever seen. The greens was the most beautiful, vibrant greens. The blues, the oranges. She's there today at that land. So can you imagine you go out of this world? Maybe but some of these people died. There was a famine in the land. Babies were dying. Animals were starving to death. The land was all died up. And this is your last human memory of famine. And all of a sudden you stand up out of the earth. <laughs> And the grass. You've never seen things like it. Formerly you were a bed one that lived in the desert. But there ain't no desert. <laughs> you traded in your camel for a horse. <laughs> Praise God. Water was scarce. But not now. Maybe you lived in Tornado Alley across two Kansas and Oklahoma, but you look at it now, there ain't no Tornado Alley. Because the atmosphere on the earth has been changed. The barometric pressure will never be able to drop and then fall into the spots required to produce such storms. No, no. Solomon is on the earth. It is a time of peace. Hallelujah. Thou breakest the ships of Tarsus with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts. In the city of our God. Now you imagine they're taught before they come up and say, Now look, you got to come to church now, okay? Alright, I'll come. Don't miss church for Walmart. Okay, we won't. So these people are sent out to teach them. And they come up. Listen to what they say. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city. I hope you don't think I'm crazy. But one of these days, this series of sermons that I'm preaching to you, you will step out on this earth. And you'll be able to say, I have heard, but now 
I see. No longer be a dream. A desire. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever. Selah. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God. In the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. This was not so in the days of David. Let's be honest, it's not so in our day. But it will be. It shall come to pass that no matter where you tread on this earth, you will hear his name be honored and glorified. It shall come to pass on this earth. No matter where you go, people will be loving him, praising him, living for him. There will be no dark alleys. There will be no taverns. There will be no places hid over here somewhere. There will be no such a thing. His love, his knowledge, his peace will cover the entire surface of the earth. You see, God is not only to be praised by his own people, but he's to be praised everywhere. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise. Unto the ends of the earth, thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk! about Zion and go around about her walk about go around about her tell the towers What a time. When you take your tour round about this city, you'll never bump into an old man with a stick in his hand. You'll never bump into a baby, a child with crutches. You'll never bump into anybody going to the ER. There is no ER. Even in the millennium, he provides a millennium dosage 
in the leaves of the trees for healing. Glory to God. It's not the same eternal life dosage as in the eighth day, but it is enough life inside of there where they don't need doctors. Amen. The life of the bride will be perpetuity, of course, and those that are living on the earth, can you imagine no medications, no Walgreens, no CVS, no ERs, no hospitals? Let's turn to Psalm 67. Psalm 67 tells us of the entire family of God rejoicing in God's paradise. Psalm 67, 1, to the chief musician on Naginoth. A psalm or song, God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah. That thy way may be known upon earth. Thy saving health among all nations. No herbs, no shots, no vitamins, no supplements. Saving health will be in every nation. This is ideal health care. <laughs> well, that's good, wasn't it? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it ain't Obamacare. It ain't Trump care. It's Jesus care. You imagine you bump into people you ain't seen for, you know, 300 years, 40 years. How you doing? Great. Can't do nothing else. How you been feeling? Great. Can't feel no different. Even the people on the outside. No viruses. No flu. No cold. No pneumonia. Glory be to God. Why the saving health of the king in utter defiance to every disease, every sickness, every demon that tried to bind humanity. He'll say, stop here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee. Oh God, let all the people. Praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Think of it, children. You'll never go into one town or borough or city or settlement where anybody there is playing country music. It's not allowed. Rock and roll? Nope. Totally out of the picture. You know, 
that is today, you can't even go to Walmart. You can't go to Lowe's without being bombarded with all this stuff. Getting these people of the age ready for tribulation period. But can you imagine everywhere you go on the face of the earth? If you go from one pole to the other, it's amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Oh, joy, deliverance, peace, happiness. The hymns will be sung for a thousand years. You say, I'm not sure I like all that. Don't worry, you won't be there. You're getting your chance now. Don't some of you think you're going to be raised up. God and I and these people here will be your judge. You have heard the truth. You're not going to be raised in no millennium. You better go in the rapture if you're planning on getting out of here. Or you'll come up in the white throne and I will have to stand and judge you as a minister who has told you the truth. Don't put me in that spot. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon. Let the people praise thee. Praise be to God. That's what I said. Look at this thread as it runs through the millennium of praise and joy and singing. You know how it is here. It seems like our joy is so short-lived to me. This is the greatest place on the earth, going to church, being in the house of God. And no sooner than we get out from under the anointing, within an hour or the very next day, we've got all kinds of trouble and difficulty. But can you imagine living in a world where you will never leave that awesome presence? You will never have anything that will ever bring you down again it will be all joy all happiness all peace forever let the people praise the old God let all the people can you imagine all of the inhabitants of the earth millions times Praising him at once. Now watch David in verse 6. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him praise God thank you Lord I wish it could happen today Let's look in Psalm 72. This is the millennial king. Now, primary preference by which it refers to is Solomon. 
It's actually addressed to Solomon. Sort of. You see, the Lord is not going to write it out just plain where the devil understands it all. He's going to veil it. So David begins to write seemingly to and about his son Solomon. But the Spirit of God begins to take a hold of David and moves into a prophetic channel, which is beyond Solomon's ability to fulfill. So it's a picture of Christ's throne in the millennium. A psalm of Solomon. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. Guess what? We just moved beyond Solomon. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish, an abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. Again, Solomon could not do this. So we moved over into the Adonai, son of David. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, from the river unto the ends of the earth. Solomon never had that, nor did any other king of Israel This is David's greater son. May I say it to you this way. A greater than Solomon is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only the Lord Jesus will be able to fulfill this portion of scripture. Amen. Oh, I don't care whether the devil likes it or not. I don't care where infidels believe it or not. It don't make no difference. It's going to happen. Because God said so. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. Now notice, it lets us know in the millennium, there will still be seas. But not in the eighth day. In the eighth day, the seas are gone. Those of you who love the deserts, you need to get ready for a change. Those who love beach life and salt life, as you call it, forget it. Charleston won't be that way no more. You better enjoy it while you can, because one of these days, the Atlantic going to be gone. The Pacific, no more. It served its purpose and time in order to regulate the planet's temperature and allow typhoons, storms, tornadoes, etc., etc., to be able to be produced on the earth. But in the eighth day, there will be no more sea. John didn't say lakes. He didn't say rivers. He didn't say streams. He didn't say ponds or creeks. But he said no more sea. 
verse 9, they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him. And his enemies shall lick the dust. Can you imagine the Apaches, the Cherokee, the Blackfoot, the Sioux, the Lakota, the different tribes that have lived in the different parts of the world, and they're raised up, they're raised up with their long hair. They're Indians. They're Lakota, they're Blackfeet. They don't look like you white people. Forget it. You ain't the superior race, no how. So they're going to raise up, and my, what will they raise? They say, hey, 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 hey. We don't do that in the millennium. Oh, I'm sorry, nobody told me. I'm telling you now. No doubt that'll be part of my job. I'm all the time having to tell people what they can't do. All right, Donnie, you're on the can't do dispatch. dancing that medicine. I'm a holy man. No, we don't have no holy man. I'm a medicine man. There's only one medicine man in this tribe and that's King Jesus. I'm I'm sorry, sir. Tell your people. Call them together and tell them. I am a representative from the throne of God and I tell you you're expected in Jerusalem. Next week. Amen. Bring no sacrifices. Blessed be the Lord God. There is a protocol. And I will relate to you the divine approach. Why shouldn't we be allowed to do it? We're doing it now. Face it, friends, we didn't just need this message to tell us about serpent seed. Women couldn't preach and tongues wasn't the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Most of us didn't even know how to pray right. We didn't even know how to approach God in the right way. We did many, many things. We're still getting rid of our traditional concepts of God. We need the truth to set us free. Can you imagine the truth will burst nations at one hearing? Maybe a son of God go down there in the center of the creek or whoever more, and they begin to tell them the Choctaw. And as they hear it, they say, oh God, you mean this is, this is the great spirit? This is him. You worship him in ignorance. But this is him. You mean he's on the earth? He's here. And I'm here to help guide you over to the first service. Glory be to God. I'm here to help guide you over. We're having church next Sunday. You see why you're struggling with this? Some of you all have made this so spiritual. And so heavenly. And you just imagined yourself floating around, playing a guitar, or a harp, or a clarinet, all through eternity. Thought to me, your fingers would get sore, but I don't know. It ain't going to be like that. It ain't about clouds and floating. We're a people. We've got a kingdom.
They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before them. So here they'll come out of the wilderness, not, not barren dirt, not, not barren dry desert so much. A wilderness of their misunderstanding of the teaching of the king. So they're raised what? Heathens. They went down heathen. He can't let you go down a heathen and raise you born again. He'd be changing your species. Your species can only be changed. Your kind can only be changed in the realm of mortality, in the realm of time, not beyond the grave. So he raises you. You're an outright heathen. You're ignorant of the ways of God. So you're raised out in Blackfeet country, Wyoming or wherever it was. Just so happens there's the Son of God standing right up when you got up. You're looking at him, he's looking at you and said, who are you? I'm sent to tell you, the Redeemer has come. Praise be to God. They won't be able to find the way on their own. I'm sure giving y'all a lot to think about today. Well, that's good. It's more beneficial than you think about money. More beneficial than you thinking about some love story and some kind of trash and nonsense that clutters up your mind. Think about this. This is your future. Can't you imagine the nomadic tribes of ancient days, Brother Jim? The Persians and the Iranians and whoever more that died down in ignorance and they raised in the nomadic culture and they raised in the nomadic mindset. That's the way they went down. And they raised up. They, why? They was always rebellious, fighting, hating. And all of a sudden they're raised in a land of peace. And it just feels different. I'm going to give you something really deep, okay? The millennium will just feel different. That was heavy. Did y'all get it? Think of it. What makes us feel down? The devil and his demons and his spirits. Can you imagine walking out on this earth? Not one demon can be found anywhere. Realize that old boy that you work with sometimes it gets on your nerves. You know, sometimes that old boy wouldn't be a bad old fella if that devil get off of him. Your husband wouldn't be such a bad old guy if he just get the devil's cast out of him. Or your wife or your children or your boss or whoever more. You know, is that true? What would make it worse? What magnifies Satan? So when that's gone, all of a sudden the atmosphere is clear. You just... So those tribes, one by one, will come in adoration to the king. Is that him? You said that's him. That's him. How do I, how do I approach it? Humbly, sincerely, honestly. Tell him you love him. Go to praising him. That's the way we're taught to approach him. Don't lay your list down like you're ordering from J.C. Penny catalog. God, I want, I want, I want. That's not the way we approach him. God, I love you. God, I need you. God, you've been so good to me. You've done so much for me. You'll find out a lot of that list will get shorter and shorter and shorter the more you praise him first. Notice. 
the licking of the dust in the ancient custom was that amongst the nations of the east it was a way of expressing homage by which you would come and bow before you didn't actually take your tongue or your lips and lick the dust but you actually put your nose down and touched the ground you touched the ground and when you did you were paying homage to that king. The princes and the kings of Persia demanded it. If you did not do it, they simply removed your head. Cherokee, the Cherokee, the Blackfeet, the Persians, the Iranians, the Iraqis, the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. They'll come with their kings. One by one, the bow to the great king. Praise be to God. Can you imagine maybe some of you sons of God sitting here today will help convert a whole tribe. You say, I ain't never done nothing in this life. Ah, maybe your greatest work is yet to come. Can I go on a little bit farther? I don't feel are mesmerized or you think I'm nuts. I'm, I'm trying to discern that look on your face. Notice this, the kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. So the people who live in the land of Ophir, the people who live in the land of Sheba, and remember there was a queen that come from there one day. She brought great gifts to peace. Solomon. Once again, people will come from Sheba to bring gifts to a greater than Solomon is here. God. What do they do when they come to royalty? They'll bring all these things and they'll lay these gifts at his feet. And they'll bow. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. All classes of people in the millennium will serve our king. The wealthy potentates, those that are under those kings, all ranks, all divisions, will worship the king. <laughs> what the devil wasn't able to accomplish in 6,000 years, we'll wipe out in a month or so. Ah! <laughs> Glory to God! for 6,000 years has been trying to get every inhabitant on the earth to worship him but God has always had people that wouldn't do it they simply wouldn't bow down there was a Daniel there was a Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego there was a Luther there was a Wesley there was a Donnie there was a Terry God has always had somebody that wouldn't do it but Jesus will accomplish what the devil couldn't do Six thousand years to do it. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Yeah. 
he shall deliver the needy when he cries. The poor also in him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the souls of the needy. Only Jesus can save souls. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence. You know what this word means, redeem? Goel, kinsman, redeemer. He's still delivering the nations, Harry, in the millennium. From what deceit you're talking about? The deceit that's going to come at the end. You imagine you resurrected a Persian king. You don't know where you are. You're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And some guy just appears before you, just like he just flew right up and go, poof, there he was. It sets you back because you're in a non-glorified body. You say, what in the world am I seeing things? And he said, I've been sent from the presence of Almighty God to tell you, you have been raised in the millennium of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this thousand years, you're going to be given the opportunity to give your heart, your domain to the King of Kings. The choice is up to you. As you begin to explain to him the gospel through the power of the cross, through the church ages, winding up in the millennium, and you see tears going to falling out of that Persian king's eyes that was a heathen, an idolater. But right there by your testimony, one birth by the very word of God himself, you lead that king, and that king gathers his people together and says, listen to this man, listen! And a whole nation is born in a day. People who think the mediation ended in 1963 needs to read their Bible. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence and precious shall their blood be in his sight and he shall live and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba prayer also shall be made for him continually or to him the Hebrew says and daily shall he be praised there shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains the fruit thereof shall make like Lebanon the productivity of the land will reach such a place that a farmer goes out and throws a handful of corn on the top of the mountain and he goes back and there's 7,500 acres. He said, Lord have mercy, I ain't never seen such corn in my life. Look at that. You thought the grapes in Canaan was big. You ought to see them millennium giants. Woo! fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth 
Let's stand. I know, friends, I know. Don't you love him? Notice verse 17. Let me read you another scripture too while you rest yourself. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel. Who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. This couldn't happen in the days of Solomon. Don't misunderstand me. This could not happen when the Lord Jesus come to the earth the first time. It was not the right time. He chose the honeymoon. The honeymoon is when the glory is unveiled. Praise God. Blessed be His glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. And watch how God cloaks it by closing it. Verse 20. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And the devil scratched his head and he read that psalm and said, Is that Solomon? And the demon said, Must have been Solomon. It was addressed to Solomon. And David, when he got down there at the end of it, he said, The prayers of David are ended. Is that messianic? Nah, I trash it. God said, Right. Think of what God hid. Just in this one psalm. I wonder how much happiness is in this psalm for you. How much peace. Oh, you mean over yonder? Uh Uh-uh. I ain't talking about just over yonder. What we're fixing to get over yonder, God wants us to have a down payment of now. He's given us a deposit. Praise the Lord. A deposit. A deposit of joy. A deposit of peace. A deposit of everything you have need of for your journey. He's giving you a deposit. A down payment. Right now. Maybe some of you here today sick, weary, frustrated. Maybe you got your last nickel in your pocket and you know what you're going to do. I want some of you believers to just, if you would, lay your hands on one another. No doubt I'm standing right here today looking at believers that one day will help nations become converted in the millennium. Who will help turn the heathen to God. If you'll be able to do that then, surely you can pray the prayer of faith today. If you're streaming the service, maybe sitting in your living room in your automobile, why don't you just pull your car over on the side of the road. You got your wife with you, your children, whatever more. You're in Ohio, you're in Austria, you're in Newfoundland, wherever you are around the world. Call Jesus in your little ship where you are. Praise God. Brother Bram said he's just waiting 
for you to call him. He gives us the type of the little boat. When the little boat was being tossed about and the disciples thought they was going to die. But he said Jesus was in the boat asleep. Just waiting for them to wake him up. He said so easy with you. He's waiting for you to wake him up in yourself. Praise God. He ain't a million miles away, friends. Stir him within you. Heavenly Fathers, we have our heads bowed to the dust of the earth from whence we were taken. We have been blessed to be in this awesome presence today. Dear God, we lay our hands one upon the other. Maybe some sick, some weary, some depressed, some sad. Lord, maybe in their bodies, in their home, their marriage, their children, their job. Lord, they got more bills than they got money. They don't know what to do. Oh, Jesus, we're calling on you. Wake up. Wake up, Lord Jesus. Help that sad one, that lonely one, that sick one, Father. Oh, Lamb of God, you who is the great mighty King that we preached about here today. We don't want to just place you in the future in that blessed millennium that is to come. We don't need divine healing, man. We'll all be healthy. We need it this morning, Lord. We won't need deliverance from oppression then because there won't be no devils around. But we need it today. Lord, maybe some sad and depressed in the name of Jesus as a servant of God. I speak to the demons that will try to bind God's people in this place today. Not only limited to the visible audience, but may the Holy Ghost go wherever people are streaming this. May the Spirit of God touch them down in South Africa. May you move upon them in Australia and Germany and Austria, wherever they are around the world, as well as right here. Father, may sickness leave the bodies, Lord. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. Bring peace, bring healing. Lord, this prayer cross I preached with this morning, Lord, you see this need. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, may there be no evil report come of this test, dear God. I look to you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. Lord, we want to let you know we don't want to wait till the millennium to start praising, start singing, start glorifying. We want to do it now, Lord. Oh, we won't be able to sing now like we can there and rejoice now like we can there, but we want to do our best. We want to give you our all, Lord Jesus. Who are we? Who are we that you would call us, Father? Place something there, Lord Jesus, that responds to your word. We love you with all of our hearts, blessed God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Almighty. Oh, wish somebody would just help me praise Him. Oh, look, friends, I'm not trying to get you pumped up with a bunch of ecstatic joy and this and that just from your heart. Just raise your hands, close your eyes. Just love Him. He's worthy. I'm sure you've seen it also since we've been going through this. How many times that praise and adoration and love and worship is mentioned. The millennium is going to be a land of praise. Every nation, every country, every specter of civilization and society will have singing and worship and praise and adoration to the King of Kings 
Praise God. There'll be no blue songs sung. There'll be no sad songs sung. There'll be no songs about death and crying and people being heartbroken. Never there, friends. Oh, praise be to God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We're so grateful the great King has already conquered Satan in our lives. Oh, we may not have many, many acres as it were, Lord, to be able to settle down. But by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have conquered Satan in our life. And borne us into the presence of God. Hallelujah. And we're feeding on heavenly manna in the presence of the King. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Enjoying the kingdom of God right now in the middle of hell. Sickness everywhere. Trouble everywhere. Distress everywhere. But heavenly Father, we're right in the presence of the King of kings. And the Lord of lords. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. Amen. And we say today, our God is greater than sickness. Our God is greater than disease. Our God is greater than anxiety and worry and trouble because He is the King that will sit upon the throne. But He's already enthroned today. Amen. On the throne of our hearts. We worship You, Jesus. Bless Your holy name, my Father. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. We worship You, Lord Jesus. Let's sing something, brothers. We worship you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We bless your name today, Lord. We give you praise and adoration. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We fall down. Thank you, Jesus. We lay our crown. Lord Jesus. As a Thank you, Lord God. Greatness of mercy, mercy and love mercy. is at the feet of Jesus. Let's sing it together, can we?
be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, until our bodies are changed, I guess this is the best we can do. We raise our hands up and gravity pulls on our arms and they get tired and weary and we have to put them back down again. If we praise long enough, our throats would get hoarse and sore and we'd have to quit. No matter how much we'd say, oh, I'd just love to stay in church forever, yet realistically we know we'd get so tired if we stayed hour after hour after hour, maybe into 12 hours and into 24 and then into two days, we'd get to where we couldn't even hardly talk or walk out. So we definitely need a body change. At that great day, Lord, we'll have a body which matches our soul. We will also be granted a new language, a heavenly language by which we can speak and praise the way our soul has always desired to do. Words will come out of our mouth in a heavenly dialect will come with such understanding and such depths from our being, Lord. But that's one thing we love about you. You're willing to take our poor, human, frail love and praise. Oh, I can't imagine how, how flimsy it must be compared to what it'll be at that day. But you love it so much. You long for it. You want it so much. The prophet said that you're hunting, looking for hearts that you can make love to. That you can coo to us and we coo back. Praise God. Lord, go with us now, pray. Watch over us. Lord, part of our family here, several of them having to drive back to Georgia, some to Alabama, North Carolina, different parts of Tennessee, Virginia. May you watch over them. You see, Lord, we're supposed to get some cold temperatures. It makes us long even more so, Lord, for that blessed land of the millennium. When your prophet tells us, there'll be no winter there. Go with us now, Lord. Bring us back again. We commit our lives to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, God bless you, saints. See you Wednesday night. really enjoy that praise the lord amen let's sing this little song as we go you're you can be dismissed in the in the fear of the lord remember service wednesday night but i don't know about you but i have accounted it a great joy to have been in the house of the lord let's sing this little song together our lord is coming back to earth again sure more sure than you're standing right there he's coming back how many of you want to be ready Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound. A thousand years will have no tempter then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is
Jesus shall come.